Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. But it is Preakness Week, one of my favorite weeks of the year. And we bring in from NBC Sports, their horse racing analysts here to cover the 142nd edition of the run for the Black Eyed Susans. We bring in Lafitte Pinkai Jr. here on Sports with Coleman. Good evening, Lafitte. How are you? I'm good, Jerry. I have Kevin Gosman on my rotisserie team, and he's killing me, man. Oh, man. Yeah, we're we're trying to help him out here on Sports Talk Radio. You know, this is where we fix things. <laughs> he, has so, he has so much ability. What's the story? What's happening? Uh, I think it's upstairs. I think it's more of a mental issue than a physical issue. You're right. He does have a lot of ability. He's got to put it to better use. Yeah, he looks sharp, too, back, but uh, left uh, a lot to be desired yesterday. Anyhow, yeah, pumped up about the Preakness series, it's, it's always uh, one of the favorite trips of, of the year. Um, everyone in terms of part of uh, Pimlico and the Maryland Jockey Club, so incredibly welcoming. You have all the horses right there in the stakes barn. And, um, yeah, I can't uh, – I ship out Wednesday, and um, we're on all – we're on Friday and Saturday for Friday Black Eyed Susan and Preakness all day long, uh, Saturday afternoon. Looking forward to it. And uh, let's talk about the field and how it's shaping – how it's shaping up after that, what I call 20-horse stampede they have at the Derby. It's looking like, what, 9 to 10 horses right now? Because, unfortunately, one of the newcomers is out. Really terrible news on Sunday regarding Royal Mo uh, with Hall of Fame jockey Gary Stevens aboard and that horse suffering a career-ending injury. Could have been a lot worse. Um, the, the fact that it, it, it sounds like it's not life-threatening. He had what was described as successful surgery to his injured right front. And, um, again, the fact that he's going to survive this is, is the best news. In terms of his potential and his upside going into the Preakness, he was, I think he was live. I spoke with Gary Stevens in the, in the jockstrom at Churchill the day before the Derby, I believe it was, and Royal Mo was there on the bubble at number 21 waiting for a late defection, hoping to get in from the also eligible list. It didn't happen. He was disappointed. I know how much, how well he thought Royal Mo was going to run and before he took the, the bad step, uh, by all accounts, his, his work was excellent, just floating over the surface and um, would have been a, a live long shot, I think, uh, I think, going in. And he would have been a pace factor. Remember, he was very close to the pace in the Santa Anita Derby, so that does change the complexion of the race to a certain extent. All right, is there a fear of always dreaming out there who has won four races now in a row and will try to become the second triple crown winner in three years do other trainers fear this horse if they don't they should i think we're just <laughs> seeing the tip of the iceberg um this year each start has been better than the next he has handled every test every every race has been more difficult on paper going in and he's just won that much more impressively his florida derby win was off the charts good the fastest florida derby 
since Aladar in 78. Whenever any racehorse does anything that Aladar did or you've equaled something Aladar did from the late 70s, it might not be as familiar with newer racing fans, but you're doing something special. And um, barring something unforeseen, he will be the heavy favorite. He is strictly the one to beat. And by all accounts, in terms of how he's looked on the track galloping, at uh, Pimlico, since his arrival, Todd Toucher has done things a little bit differently with with Always Dreaming than he did with Super Saver, his first derby winner. Um, it, his energy, the way he's carrying himself, he's giving every indication that he is going to run just as well. Who knows, if not better than he did in the derby. Well, as you alluded to, as we speak about the 142nd Preakness with NBC Sports' Lafitte Pinkai Jr., one thing Always Dreaming has proved is that he can win on virtually any surface, any place, already winning in Tampa and Gulfstream and Churchill Downs. And we saw him run very well on the fast track at the Derby. Pimlico is going to be the sixth track in which he has raced in seven starts. Is that unique for a horse like that to be able to handle all these different types of surfaces? I think that the versatility with Always Dreaming is key. He can win on the lead. He can win just off of the pace, as he did in the Florida Derby and the Kentucky Derby. That's always key for a speed-oriented horse. If you have a flat-out runaway, come-and-catch-me-if-you-can type front runner, they're always going to be vulnerable to a fast pace. Always Dreaming creates his own luck, and, and you bring up the surface, absolutely. He's won on a slow track. He's won on a fast track. He's won in the slop. So as, as his, his competition in the opposition continues to look for vulnerabilities, and things in the armor, um, at first glance, we haven't found one. The only, the, the biggest concern is always the, the broad stroke topic of conversation with the Preakness is how a racehorse will respond to the quick two-week turnaround. This is probably the only time in his career, especially with the modern-day trend of training racehorses and racing racehorses, there's more space, more time in between races. He'll never race again with just two weeks in between races. But as Bob Baffert the guy who just won the Triple Crown has always said it's not the two weeks in between the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness. It's the third race. It's the third race in five weeks. That's when the racing and hardcore training starts to catch up to a racehorse is in the Belmont Stakes, which is why we've only had one Triple Crown winner in close to 40 years. Now, speaking of Bob Baffert, why is he not here this week? I know he was at the Kentucky Oaks. Why did no owner go out and get a guy who just won the Triple Crown a year ago and have him train their respective horse, whether it be for the Derby or the upcoming triple crown races. You know, they don't, they don't all pan out. Um, he had a, a nice crop of three-year-olds this year. He had a colt by the name of American Anthem who just won a small stakes race at Santa Anita over the course of the weekend. He did not have enough points and, and he kind of struggled in his final two Kentucky Derby prep races. Um, he also trained a colt by the name of mastery who at the time of his injury for about 10 seconds, he was the Kentucky Derby favorite. He won the San Felipe Stakes out at Santa Anita in brilliant form. I mean, he was he was not comparing him to American Pharaoh, but at the time he looked like he had all the potential to be that kind of standout Baffert three-year-old that puts everyone on notice that he's back with another legitimate contender. He won the San Felipe Stakes in about 10 strides after the wire. He took a bad step. Mike Smith jumped off his jockey, and, and who knows, maybe that saved his life. He's, he's going to be fine. They had surgery, but 
point is, Baffert's big gun was injured shortly after a, a monster win. He established himself as a derby favorite for about 10 seconds, and then, like I said, he took the bad step, he's injured, and, you know, it's, it's, it goes to show how difficult it is. You just take it for granted that Pletcher's going to be there every year or that Baffert's going to be there every year or that Lucas used to be there every year. It's not that easy. No, it is, and it's a shame, too, because Bob Baffert always brings so much flavor to Baltimore as we speak about the 142nd Preakness with NBC's Lafitte Pinkai Jr., and a lot was written about Pletcher and his supposed struggles at the Derby. You think that was mounting on him before winning again? We know that he won already, as you mentioned, with Super Saver, but everyone in the media was pointing out this uh, jinx or streak that he's had with just one for 43 or something like that. Was that weighing Mm -hmm. on him? I think so. I, I don't. I can't. I mean, he's human, but I think what may have weighed on him more is a simple fact that it really wasn't warranted. The critique. If you want to say that he's won for something in the Derby, count the amount of years his horses have been in the Derby. When they were talking about the one for forty-five, which is now a two for forty-eight, even the year that he won the Derby was Super Saver. There were two or three other horses he started in the race that lost that count against his record. What people don't realize is that. Always Dreaming is the first post-time favorite Todd Pletcher has ever started in the Derby. First favorite of the 48 starters. He had never started a horse shorter than 5-1 to one odds. And if you had taken each one of his 45 Kentucky Derby starters, combined their average odds at post-time, you're talking about 23-24-1. to one. It was long shot after long shot after long shot. He's a victim of his own success. He was maximizing potential getting horses to the Kentucky Derby that probably didn't belong, and then they would get exposed by other horses that just happened to be better. If he was a coach in any other sport and he was taking a 500 team deep into the playoffs, those coaches get extended. Those coaches get big contracts. They get awards, right, for maximizing potential. Instead, we critique Todd Pletcher for the 1-for-45 record because it's such an ugly number. You have to go a little bit deeper than that, though. Let me ask you this. Did a Triple Crown winner increase horse racing's popularity in any tangible way? Hard to say. I know that the biggest, the biggest challenge horse racing faces on a year-in, year-out basis is that our superstars are not around long enough. There's such an incentive in terms of breeding and retiring early. Plus, they never, they never speak luck- to the media either. Uh, one more time. I said they never speak to the media either. They don't ever. They don't talk. Right. You know, it, it really it makes our job that much that much more difficult. When you have a Derek Jeter around for 20 years, when you can market, you know, the guys behind the wheel in motorsports. I mean, these guys, these guys, you can market the superstars, the Michael Jordans, the LeBron James. We've been following LeBron James since he was like 14. With horse racing, you just you can't do it. The stars of the show are the horses. You can try with the jockeys, but, you know, you can put Jesus in stirrups, and if the horse isn't good enough, he's not going to win. It's just it's, it's the nature of, of the sport, that the horse is what's compelling. And if you're lucky, even a, a Zenyatta that we got for two years that she was frontline, headline material, American Pharaoh gave us six or seven incredible months. But, again, there's that, there's the emphasis on the, breeding so modern day superstar racehorses aren't going to run until they're five six seven eight years old that's the biggest challenge facing horse racing it's like you have to start 
from zero all over again every time an American pharaoh retires, that type of racehorse. All right, let me uh, finish up here with Lafitte Pinkai, Jr. of NBC Sports. With your perception of Pimlico, we keep hearing the days of running the Preakness at Pimlico. Could be numbered. The cost of renovation is over $300 million. What's a national reputation these days of Pimlico Racecourse out there? You know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of politics involved, and that type of conversation is way over my pay grade. <laughs> um, Pimlico, when, when, like I said, when we show up in the Maryland Jockey Club and everyone associated with the Preakness, they do such a great job. It's, it's an inviting atmosphere. It's something we certainly look forward to. Um, obviously, the, the track does, while it has its charm and it has its, the history and the prestige, and while it might be difficult to imagine the Preakness being contested somewhere else, it's possible. It happens. Racetracks close. I'm not suggesting Pimlico Racecourse is going to close. What I am saying is that here in California, two of the major racetracks over the last decade have closed. Uh, Golden Bay Meadows up in San Francisco, Hollywood Park, Crosstown here in Inglewood. It does happen. Um, I don't have enough. I'm not tied in enough to make those to make those suggestions or to be able to guess where exactly the the future where the Preakness is going to be held. I know that it'll be there this Saturday. I know we look forward to getting back there year in and year out. And uh, the second jewel of the Triple Crown is shaking to shaping up to be a great one. We'll look forward to seeing you this weekend, Lafitte. And I guess, and it's only a guess, judging by the way our conversation has gone, you're going with always dreaming. I am, but closer than you think. While he may be even money six to five, classic empire may be in the neighborhood of four to one. It's not sexy. It's not creative. They'll be the top two betting choices. I, the vibe, the narrative from the Cassie camp, Mark Cassie, classic empire's trainer, very stoic, very quietly confident. And I think they believe classic empire is sitting on a monster race. I think he is the one horse that, if he brings his A game and Always Dreaming brings his A game, you could see something very special next Saturday. Lafitte Pinkai Jr. of NBC Sports, horse racing analyst. Again, coverage on NBC Sports Network and NBC this uh, weekend. I, will you guys be on Friday for the Black Eyed Susan Day? Friday for the Black Eyed Susan on NBCSN, uh, Preakness Prep. Saturday, NBCSN, I believe we get started around 2 o'clock Eastern and then two and a half hours on uh, NBC for the live running of the Preakness. All right. The Peacock has you coverage. Look forward to seeing you out there this week. <laughs> Thanks, Lafitte. You got it. Thanks so much. Anytime. All right. Lafitte Pinkai Jr. there filling you in on the upcoming Preakness. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.